Just one sec, guys. Here's the espresso I made for you. Wow, Lee, so excited to try out your espresso. Who's that? What's up? What are you guys doing? I was just making a nice espresso. Would you like... No, Lee. You'll all have to try Death Wish coffee. Kurt, isn't that the world's strongest coffee? Fuck yes, it is. Oh, man. It tastes great. Just explosion of flavor in my mouth. When I try Death Wish coffee, it feels like Jesus Christ himself washing down my throat. But, Kurt, this is a lot of coffee. You must have spent a ton of money on it. And not just American dollars, but Canadian money. Fuck, no, I didn't. I used coupon code 3 Greeners and I got 10% off. You can too! <gasps> In a world of lame, nerdy podcasts, one, no three, and maybe sometimes more nerds, will rise to the challenge. We hold these studios accountable. We celebrate the amazing feats of cinema. We sometimes rage out. We are the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. And lordy, lordy, we've got three people. It's been like... I think it's been weeks of like one person or two people. So guess what? We finally hit a quote over back at three, baby. Uh, with me, as always, is Adam. How's it going, Adam? Doing well. Happy we're living up to the name of Three Angry Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what yeah. I have to be angry about this week, but I can, I'm sure I can find something to be angry about. I'm sure. Well, Kurt might be a little angry about my Mission Impossible score, but <laughs> we'll be getting yeah. into that. Yeah. Yeah, more to come. Um, yeah, then we got uh, a new, a new nerd joining the crew. Got Ryan. How's it going? <laughs> good, good. How's it going, guys? Good. I'm going to, to be here. later, so I'm trying to like treat my body like a temple now because I know later I'm going to treat treat it like a club on the Ramble Strip. So, that's, <laughs> that's there you go. Well. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, not a whole lot of news this week. It was actually almost all Deadpool 3 news. Um, that's still filming. They're still, I think, trying to stick to a summer 2024 release date for that, I think. I don't think they've delayed it yet. If anything, they moved it up from, like, I think it was supposed to come out in the fall, and it's now coming out in the summer. Uh, yeah, May 3rd, 2024 is the release date. So, uh, yeah, Deadpool 3 is coming. Uh, and boy oh boy it's just ramping up um there's a lot of rumors and there's a lot of uh, there's like one little thing that's made official uh the one thing that was official is that jennifer garner was confirmed to reprise her role as electra uh that star-studded role i'm sure she you know that's that's what she's most known for right uh she's coming back for for that role in deadpool 3. i think it's weird that this is the first one that they've made official like you think it would be like James Marsden's coming back as Cyclops or uh, Halle Berry's coming back as Storm or whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay, Electra, okay. I don't even remember that spinoff movie she was in. And I barely remember the Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck. But sure, bring her back. You know, Electra was actually, I think, one of the very first like superhero movies I ever went to in the theaters. And so... That's one of the only reasons why I remember it. Yeah, I was like nine years old at the time. And uh, I went with like, you know, some family members and such because I think it was like a 14A movie. So I, I had to go with, you know, like an adult. Um, and it was, yeah, I mean, that's, that's my memory of it. I remember I was excited because I'm like, I can actually, you know, I'm going to, I can see one of these movies, you know. Yeah. Um, 
Go ahead and the adults be like, why the fuck did he drag us to this movie? <laughs> you know, I think they all chose it, actually. Like, it was, oh, funny. It, it was yeah, I, I don't know. I think it was just kind of like a whatever, like, oh, this movie's out, like, let's just go see a movie. Um, yeah, but, so I, I don't know, I got, I got a little bit of nostalgia for it because of that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think she was good in the role, from what I remember. I mean, probably if I rewatched those movies, I'd be like, wow, these are terrible, but... I'm gonna leave them in that nice rose-tinted kind of, you know, fond memories. I did. I did. Yeah, I, I, I committed a bit of a sin, and I had like the same thing as you. I had like nostalgia glasses for that Daredevil movie, mm. and like a couple, a couple months ago, I went to rewatch it, and it was just so bad. Oh yeah. So <laughs> I was the, like, wow, the wow, they right about this. It's bad. Yeah, there, there is a director's cut that actually improves the movie, though. I think. Oh it's really? About, like. 30 minutes or so more, and, like, it, it actually it actually does help it. It does still help. Not, it, it's still yeah. an early 2000s superhero movie, but... Yeah, yeah you're, you're not going to change that, but... You know. thinking, I just hope that whatever they do, bring back that cheesy Evanescent song that played in that Deadpool. Oh, you, got it. They you got know it. they're going to. You know it's yeah. got to happen. And, and I bet you, like, Deadpool is, 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 you know, will break the fourth wall, and he'll totally make fun of it in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I guarantee you they're going to do that. I mean, same you will, but, like, I miss that era of superhero movies where they would just have, like, just soundtracks that made no fucking sense. Like, <laughs> I think Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man, had a song from Jack Kruger or something like that. I like, a Velvet Revolver did a song for the Ang Lee Hope film. I'm like, I miss that. That was just a, a stupid fun time of superhero movies when, you know, it wasn't like, oh, we got uh, this this classical artist to score a movie. It's like, no, we just got this, like, dirty rock band to just pump out a, a cheap-ass tune for us. It was great. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the only confirmed uh, role. I mean, we obviously know that Wolverine's back, but aside from that, there's a bunch of rumors. So there's rumors that James Marsden's back as Cyclops, Bounty Jensen, I think I said her name right, she's back as Jean Grey, and Halle Berry's back as Storm. Um, also, apparently, Chabby Tatum and Ben Affleck may also... Well, for Chabby Tatum, he's not returning. This would be, like, he got cast as Gambit, and that movie was, like, in development hell for, like, nearly a decade before it got cancelled. So he never got to appear as Gambit. Uh, and then Ben Affleck, he only was Daredevil once. <laughs> but I just think he was... Uh, I don't know. Um, he was Gambit in... Wasn't he Gambit in the Wolverine Origins movie for, like, a little bit? That was Taylor Kitsch, I want to say... Whatever his name is. No, wasn't it? Wasn't it Channing Tatum? It wasn't Channing Tatum. I misremembering. I mean, don't get me wrong. I barely remember X-Men Origins Wolverine, but it was definitely... Yeah, I swear he was... I thought... Yeah, because I thought that's where it all came from. Yeah, it was everyone's favorite early 2000s actor, Taylor Gitch, who's now fading to obscurity. Whoa. That's weird. Yeah. I feel like he's just like shifted into a multiverse where there's it's like a slightly different past you know yeah like, yeah Man- mandela affected that yeah it's like the bernstein bears instead of the bernstein bears or something. yeah yeah it's like, it's like what <laughs> i'm actually okay. a pretty huge like gambit fan so i'd be pretty stoked to see channel Tatum do that to be honest well that's like, pretty cool we did get the flash where they were like we're finally going to pay off on the whole superman uh nicholas cage thing so, right right so hey if they can bring Nicholas Cage and finally, at one point, plays Superman. I think we can get just one little scene with Johnny Tatum as uh, Gambit. 
you know, just to be like, it happened. <laughs> it wasn't yeah, like yeah. a movie or anything, it's just a little, little scene, it just it finally happened. Um, yeah, just to say it happened. Yeah. But I've seen some people be like, oh man, this is just going to be a retread of uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, and I'm like, is it though? Because it's also Deadpool, and like, Spider-Man was like, oh, let's get closure for these characters, let's pay off on emotional beats from their movies. I don't think it's going to be the case here. I think Deadpool is going to subvert your expectations on that, and it's going to be like, oh, he fucked up, and, like, Sakash is dead again, and Jean Grey is dead again, or whatever. Like, <laughs> I think that's going to be, yeah. like, the play they go with. That's where it's like, oh, you think that they're going to, like, find find some way to, like, make these characters work again, and then it's going to be like, nah, nah. <laughs> I don't know what the emotional payoff for Jennifer Garner's Electro is going to be. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, uh huh. Yeah, uh, there's so many uh, here. I also saw like a, a rumor that apparently the plot of the movie is going to center around uh, Deadpool getting like arrested by the TVA and like his, uh, the way that he pays off his crime is by cleaning up the the um, Fox X Men universe, which I just think is hilarious because like I think fans have known for a while like that continuity makes no fucking sense. Oh, it's, so, it's fucked. It's, yeah. Yeah. So the fact that they addressed that in the movie would be pretty funny, too. It's like, it's just fucked. you got to go clean that shit up. Yeah, that's actually a pretty funny plot. I'd actually be pretty down to see that. That's yeah. pretty funny. And I think, too, like, depending on who's up for it, who you want to bring in, you can end this movie with, like, certain characters coming into the MCU, and then it's like, oh, uh, Hugh Jackman is just now Wolverine in the MCU. Like, just Yeah, that's true. I mean, I doubt Ben Affleck's probably going to be Daredevil in the MCU, so oh. we have what's his name already there, but, like, I think some characters you could definitely see at the end of this movie just remaining in that timeline or coming into that timeline and then, you know, like, anything's possible with multiverse, but I think it's just a very easy way if you wanted to, like, bring the X-Men into the MCU of just being, like, yeah, here's some characters from the X-Men movies that we remember, uh, you know, and they can pop in and then maybe they have to go and find their MCU counterparts, like, maybe they, maybe go get Halle Berry Storm, but maybe they gotta go find the MCU's version of Storm. I think that would be kind of a, uh, interesting way to bring mutants into the MCU. Um, yeah. But we'll see. So just good. Uh, okay. Well, there's other stuff. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, uh, you cannot get the, I think it's like the Blu-ray for that is out now, and on that is the commentary track, and James Gunn at the end of the commentary confirmed that there are plans for a legendary Star-Lord movie. Because uh, I think a lot of people were confused by the end of that movie where it was like the legendary Star-Lord will return, and he, on the commentary, specified that that meant that they were going to do like an Earth-set Star-Lord movie with him being like, it's like a fish out of water, you know. So originally he's from Earth, and then he goes into space where he spent most of his life, and now he's back on Earth. Like, what is his life? on Earth look like. And I'm sure there would probably be villains and some sort of plot for him to foil, but yeah, I don't know. Does anyone really care about a Chris Pratt solo Star Wars movie? Yeah, I don't know if I really do care about that, to be honest. That's not what I would have expected them to do next. Um, no. I mean, maybe it just is like, like a Disney Plus kind of like short film or something. Like, I could see something like that, but yeah, I don't know. Like a whole Earth-based big budget movie. I don't know. I'd rather just see like that new Guardians team, you know, that they set up at the end. And I think just like let's, let's just go into that. I'm know? more into that personally. Like I'd yeah. rather like I think I think that's more interesting of a story. I don't know. 
I I think it's Marvel's way of sidelining characters until like the next Avengers movie. You know, like he's just gonna be on Earth scrubbing floors for his granddaddy. You know, <laughs> until they need him, and then they're like, hey, stop scrubbing floors, Peter. We need you to save the galaxy again. So. We need you to get back in the game. Yeah, it's been helmet. He didn't. I'm trying to see if there's like any story in the comics where Star Lord's been on Earth, but uh, it doesn't seem like it. It seems like almost all of the stuff's been set in space. So, I mean, honestly, I'd be fine if he just retired. You know, yeah. like just retired being a superhero. That's kind of the vibe I got. Like he's just on Earth now. Like he's down. He's hanging up his his lasers. You know. Well, I, I would be a little upset. This is my theory. Okay, this is theory time. But I feel like in the next Avengers movie, they're going to kill some people off. Kind of like how they did with Endgame, where, like, they they retire or kill off some characters, which is fine. Like, with this many characters kind of getting introduced and some already existing, I, I don't expect every character to stick around, especially with a, uh, actors having their contracts or whatever. Um, I have a feeling that Chris Pratt is pretty popular enough that he's kind of wanting to just eventually retire as Star-Lord. So, if they just put him on Earth and, like, just keep him around and then just kill him off in the next Avengers movie, I'd be like, why did you not just, like, retire his character to living with his granddad or something? Like, I don't know. That would just upset me if it's like, you you don't even just give him the nice retirement plot that they gave Captain America at the end of Endgame. Like, you just bring him back and then kill him. I don't know. We'll see. But that would be awful. Yeah. Cool. And then speaking of... Avengers, Shang-Chi 2, uh, Simu Liu, uh, confirmed that they're working on it, uh, but th- doesn't know when it's coming out, because he says it depends on when the next Avengers film gets released, which I think right now with the WGA strike, everyone's kind of like, we don't know when anything's coming out, but, yeah. I don't know. Anyone, I know Adam, you and I saw Shang-Chi. Uh, uh, excited for a sequel? I mean, yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed uh, Shang-Chi. I thought it was kind of like... Uh, it was something fresh and kind of different than what Marvel typically does. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought the CGI was good and the music and the set pieces. Um, I, I liked it, yeah, and you know, and, and we got a Canadian actor there, you know, in, a, in this, you know, this big Hollywood role. So, you know, I kind of want to support it that way too. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I'm looking forward to it. But I would expect it to come out probably before uh, Secret Wars, is it? Or uh, yeah. Is that is that is that the new that's the next Avengers, right? Well, there's the King Dynasty, and then that one's first. Okay, yeah, they're doing the King and then Secret Wars. Yeah, yeah, but I wonder how it's all gonna because they haven't really like formed like kind of the new Avengers team yet, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I kind of want to see him like on the Avengers team, like interacting with the other heroes and stuff. So I'm I'm curious to see how that all happens. Yeah. Um. And I think that at the end of Shang-Chi, they said there's supposed to be like some Disney Plus series with uh, like the sister too, and the whole I yeah. forget the, the name of it, but the whole the whole all the the League of Ninjas or whatever. Yeah. I don't. I mean, maybe that's not. I don't even know if that's in development now with the writer striker. What's going on there? Yeah. Who knows? We haven't heard from it in a while, but Marvel's very good at keeping quiet on things and then just being like, ah, oh, we were working on it the whole time. Yeah. What about you, Ryan? Would you be interested in a Shang-Chi sequel? Yeah, I think definitely. <clears throat> like, I like Shang-Chi when it um, uh, came out. And, you know, same thing. I'm probably pretty into another Shang-Chi thing, but I'm, I'm a bit marveled out right now. And I feel like 
uh, I need like a good Marvel movie to get me back into it. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm in kind of the same boat. I, I thought Secret Invasion was going to do that for me on the third episode. Just fucking not good. Yeah. Direct me back down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I would definitely see a Shang Chi movie, and I like Mulu in that in that role. And you know, same thing as Adam. I'd like to see him on the Avengers, but I feel like we haven't really heard from that character in a while either, too. Star Wars, Daisy Ridley is reportedly pushing for John Boyega to return as Finn in, a, in this new Jedi Order movie that she's going to be starring in. Uh, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. They had their chance. Yeah, I'm just like, bro, can we just, like, I don't know, just start with new characters. Why do we have to keep bringing back old ones? I mean, I know why, because they want to be, like, selling you different versions of Rhea's toys, but, like, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not really super excited for, for this. And I think it's like, I don't know. Those new Star Wars movies just are so inconsistent that I'm not overly excited for this. But. No. I, I really want them to change, like, time period. Like, I'd like to see some, like, High Republic stuff rather than yeah. what, is Ray, what is Ray doing. I, just doesn't, yeah. doesn't interest me. I was kind of into what they were doing with The Force Awakens, because I'm like, cool, new characters, new story, and everything. And then they worked way too hard to, like, connect it to the existing stuff. And that was yeah. where I kind of, they kind of lost me. Like, I'm, it's a big universe. You're telling me that you can't just have these characters exist in a void? Like, it'd be fine if they reference Luke Skywalker, but, like, do we need to have Luke Skywalker taking up a whole movie? Like, no, 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 just do your own thing, just make a story, introduce new characters, like, I'm just surprised with Star Wars that they've never really done that, they keep relying on the same characters and the same themes and everything, it's like, try something different, yeah, High Republic would be cool, because, like, there's no way you could have Luke Skywalker show up in a High Republic uh, movie, so, no, <laughs> no, even existence yet, so, yeah, I mean, I agree, I just feel like the, the first six movies just they just held that Skywalker saga, and it just does not. It did not need to be reopened at all. Just super unnecessary by the by the sequels to do that. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, okay. Superman Legacy director James Gunn reveals the age that Superman will be. They were all excited for this, and I thought it was kind of silly. It's like, how old is Superman going to be? Uh, and his very non-interesting answer was. Basically, whatever age David Forrest Sweat's going to be when the movie is out is how old he'll be. And people did the math. He's going to be 32 years old, so you're going to get a 32-year-old Superman. And I'm like, oh, is that really that exciting? Do we need to know that? But he did also reveal that there are some songs that won't appear in the movie, and pretty much all of them were songs that were related to Superman in some way. So he said that he's not going to play David Bowie's Starman, Kryptonite by Three Doors Down, Superman by Taylor Swift, Superman by Goldfinger, Superman by Eminem, and Sunshine Superman by Jonathan. Those songs will not be in the movie. So, I mean, if you thought James Gunn was going to go the lazy route and just put in a bunch of songs themed after Superman, you'd be wrong. Um, they didn't even know that's something I, I had to be worried about until you. Yeah, I was not even that. considering it. Yeah, but I'm like, I get, yeah, I'm like thankful they're not going to use that. I, I, it's like I would be way too on the nose, you know. 
Yeah, I hope they just do an original score or whatever. I mean, I do, I do worry slash wonder that James Gunn's gonna pull into the Guardians and have like that kind of soundtrack of movie of songs like in the movie that are like real life songs. Um, I don't know. I just don't think that would fit the vibe of Superman. I don't know. Yeah. Like I don't need a Rolling Stones song playing in the background while he's punching enemies. Yeah, yeah. I prefer just probably an original score. I mean, maybe, maybe you know, if it's one action sequence, they want to play some kind of fun song and buy the royalties to that. Sure, yeah. but yeah, let's not go too overboard. Like Guardians will have like a whole, whole soundtrack of just hit songs. Yeah, I can work with um, Guardians because whatever they kind of create a vibe with that. But yeah, I'm trying to it's remember. Not did, he, did he do that in the the Suicide Squad? I think there was a few. Um, yeah, like, I think the whole opening action sequence, and I think the ending had some hit songs. Uh, yeah. I'd have to double check. I don't, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. About the, about the age thing, I kind of thought they were going to go with a, a younger Superman. Like, he's going to be older than Henry Cavill was in Man of Steel. That's crazy. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Because I think part of it, too, I think they're having a Superman that's coming into a world that's like already populated by superheroes. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what James Gunn's doing. So I, I don't know if he's like, I don't think it's going to be like uh, kind of like an origin story in the sense of like him, like how he becomes Superman. I think he's just kind of kind of already be Superman or maybe, maybe he's only been Superman for like a year or two. Um, but yeah, it'll be kind of interesting how they handle that. Yeah. Uh, and then final bit of news. We got Doom. We're getting Doom Part 2. Now we're also getting Doom Part 3 because they confirmed they're making a third movie. But this will adapt the second book in Frank Herbert's uh, Doom Saga called Doom Messiah. I don't know anything about Doom Messiah from the first movie. Um, but cool. I think they're... WB is really banking on uh, Dune being a pretty good franchise for them. Uh, and from yeah. what I've heard, things get more interesting as the plot goes on. So, I'm, I'm curious how far they'll go with it because the books get pretty wild and pretty out there. So, I'm curious if they'll go farther than Dune Messiah because it starts to get pretty, pretty crazy in the books. Yeah. yeah. I've only read the first book, but... Um... I love I love Dune, man. Just give me give me it all. <laughs> I gotta catch up to read before it comes out, but I'm I'm loving what he's doing with it. Can't wait for part two. And uh, yeah, give give it all to me. Yeah. I don't. Those are just I just watched the first movie and I was like, this is very long, but okay. Uh, but yeah. I'm kind of curious what they do with the second one because I've heard that like it gets more into like civil unrest and war and all this other other stuff. So I'm excited to see what they do with it. But cool. Well, that's it for news this week. Let's take a quick break and when we come back. We're gonna review Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. That's the title. And a few other things. Back in a sec. Hey everybody, it's Curtis from the podcast, letting you know that we're brought to you by Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime's got amazing content such as The Boys, The Expanse. 
The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Goliath, and so much more. Don't have to take our word for it. Go try out a 30-day trial of the service. See if you like it. If you want to stick around, they've got low introductory rates for new users who sign up. And you're going to get a ton of other Amazon Prime benefits. So sign up today and check it out. Thank you for your time. All right, we're back. And, um, yeah, let's uh, review some movies. Uh, well, two movies and a Netflix comedy special. Um, we have Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. How exciting. Um, yeah, I got to see it, like, a week and a half ago. And, uh, Adam and Ryan, you guys saw it this past week. Uh, I have been sitting on pins and needles waiting to talk about this movie. Um, I, I, I love this movie. I think it was great. Probably the best movie of the year. Spoiler alert. Uh... I, I don't know. I think Tom Cruise, as an action star, he knows how to package a movie well. Uh, and this movie flowed very well. Like, it, I thought it was... It did a great job of sort of carrying you along and never really got too dull in spots. I was... I can't even think of any time where I was really bored. Uh, and then, yeah, the whole kind of crescendo of the movie. And I... Dare I say, because we also had Across the Spider-Verse here, I think this movie was a better part one than that movie, where that movie kind of felt unfulfilling at the end. Whereas this movie at the end, I was like, okay, you've wrapped the story up for the most part, but you still left with me with enough threads for the future. And I'm not I'm not going to spoil the ending to this, but it just in the sense that like it was a satisfying conclusion to this movie while still leaving some threads um, for, the, for the next movie. Um, I would definitely agree with you with that statement for sure. I, I was thinking the same thing. I, I, I'm like, this might be one of the few times where a movie was like a part one and I actually felt like it still worked as its own movie. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. Uh, I have other thoughts, but I'm going to just take a step back for a sec. Uh, what did you guys think of the movie? I mean, I, I thought it was pretty good. I'm not the... I'm like super invested into the like Mission Impossible franchise, but you know, I've seen most of them along the way. I thought this was a pretty cool um, uh, like addition into the franchise. I thought it was like uh, interesting how um, kind of like pertinent it was to some just like events that are happening in the real world. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, I don't know how much of this were trying to spoil for the listeners, but... Oh, we're not going to spoil anything, at least. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, so I thought even, like, the first, like, like 10 minutes was, like, something about, like, the plot in the first 10 minutes was even, like, pretty pertinent, like, in the world. I thought that was kind of funny, but... um, Yeah, I thought, like, the final kind of, like, that piece there on the train was pretty... That was... I really, really thought that was really good. And, yeah, like, you're so right, like, Tom Cruise, you know, by, by all accounts, he's a bit of a weird guy, but you got to respect the, like, just, like, the commitment to just be, like, the biggest movie star ever. Like, it's just so cool watching him do this thing, because it's just, like, it's just a man so dedicated to what he's doing, well, he, and just kind of crazy about it. 
split. I think he's he's very much like once you sit in that seat, he wants you to be entertained from start to finish. And I can't say that he oh, doesn't yeah. succeed because he does. Like, I, say what you will about his personal beliefs and Scientology and all that stuff. Like, yeah, he knows how to keep you entertained from start to finish. And like talking oh, about articles yeah. like that, Mission Impossible Falls, been like that. I think it's nice that he works with people like Christopher McQuarrie, with the director on this, who can yeah. maybe bring him in and like kind of like polish a little bit of that because. I mean, let's be honest, he's been in some movies that were not that great, but, like, I think, like, I would say, like, the last five years or so, like, his output has been very consistent, and, like, he's he's entertaining, but also has a bit more polish than what he's had before, so. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Adam, what do you, what'd you think of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1? I mean, yeah, Tom Cruise definitely got the juice. He's, he's <laughs> killing it. You know, he's running around, he's jumping off of cliffs and buildings and airplanes. Um, yeah, it's, you know, yeah, I've, I think I've seen all the Mission Impossible, so I, I think I might have missed the sixth one. I don't know, but. Go Fallout? Yeah, I don't, I think, because I saw four or five, I don't know if I saw six or not. You definitely um, should watch Fallout, it's very good. Yeah, yeah Fallout is good. Yeah, I should watch that. But this, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really have any expectations. Um. For me, it was it was a bit too long though, like two hours forty minutes. I I feel they could have definitely trimmed down certain scenes, um, especially too because a lot of almost all the beats I kind of felt like I saw everything coming like five minutes before it happened. Like I, I found some of the twists and turns a little predictable. Um, so I was I was just kind of feeling like oh come on like let's just like you know let's just hurry up and get there kind of thing. Um, uh, yeah, there there's a few. There's a few things that were a little cheesy that I felt like, um, like I don't want to say anything too specifically, but just some things where, you know, certain people are maybe like saved at the last minute kind of thing, and it's just a little too convenient, you know. And I'm kind of like, it's like, ah, come on. But I, I guess, you know, if you kind of, as just kind of like a popcorn action movie, if you can, you can kind of like overlook that stuff. Like, it, it is pretty fun. Um, it wasn't as funny the character banter as some of the other installments in the franchise I felt like I felt uh, Ghost Protocol had a lot more funnier interactions like especially from Simon Pegg um, there wasn't as much comedy in this um, but yeah and I don't uh, yeah I don't know I, I felt the whole thing with the key too I felt it was a little like I don't know it was uh, a super super MacGuffin-y yeah very MacGuffin-y um, I don't know how many times like the characters say like the entity and it's just like <laughs> I don't know or, yeah. or how many times that key is pickpocketed off I'm, someone yeah exactly yeah it's going place to place and they're kind of chasing after it um, so yeah I don't know it was this was it was an okay movie I, I honestly I don't think I have any rush to rewatch it you know like like after I saw Taco and I was like I need to see that movie again um, this one is kind of like, uh, I've seen it, you know, I'll watch part two, but I don't think this needed to be two parts. I think I could have just done a standalone movie and had around two hours. I'm, um, I kind of want to see, like, what the plot of the second one is, but... I was thinking, like, like, without saying too much, like, now they know kind of where to go, and I'm thinking, like, what, what more is there to do, really, uh, beyond that? Like, they're just, you know, they're probably... 
going to be prevented, you know, racing to get there, but it's like, you know, what else, what else are we really going to do? Yeah. Uh, maybe there's more, maybe there's some of these new reveal thing, but, yeah. I've been debating that myself, like, did this need to be two parts, and I guess I'm like, I, I don't know, because I obviously don't know what part two's plot is, like, we obviously know a little bit of the direction it's headed in, but, yeah, I'm like, hmm. I think there's some, there's some characters that have switched sides, that, like, there's some plots there that you can kind of fill in and stuff, but, yeah. Um, I'll also say, too, like, Tom Cruise, like, obviously, he, he is what he is. Like, you, you, you know what to expect from Tom Cruise, but, like, Haley Atwell in this was also very fantastic. I was very yeah, I agree. like, how she steals the scenes. I mean, she steals a lot of things in this movie, but she steals the scenes <laughs> uh, quite often. I was like, oh, like, obviously, Haley Atwell, she's been around for a while. I mean, she was in the Captain America movies and other stuff, but, like, Man, she was just so good at this, and I'm like, mm, I can see why Tom Cruise fell in love with her, reportedly. But, um. <laughs> yeah, no, she was she was great. She got a lot, lot more face time than I was expecting to, and it was kind of her movie, honestly. Yeah, like more than it was Tom Cruise's. And I also really liked the the villains in this. Um, I was trying to look it up, and I can figure out if. Um, the villain played by S.I. Morales was in the first movie because they kind of like show a little flashback of him in the movie, but then I looked him up. Uh, yeah, he was. was yeah, he was in the first movie. No, no, he wasn't. What? No, but I that flashback scene that was in like that was in one of the that was in one of the first three movies. It might have been in the second. But I think that, that was definitely from one of the earlier ones. But I, I think whoever they have is a different person because he's not really. I know. I was stunned. Was they like recast and kind of like uh like retcon that i guess yeah wow okay yeah i did not realize that but i was like i was, I, I was convinced i thought he was in that movie but yeah yeah um but yeah awesome. like um also too like the palm clementif she was she was good uh like her uh vanessa kirby who played the white widow she was also very good too like yeah so, like, even though they're villains, I thought they were, they were interesting enough to kind of keep me going throughout the movie. Even, I mean, Asai Morales, like, he was great. Like, they did a really good job of being, like, yeah, he, he definitely is formidable, like, when he was masking his identity and all that other stuff. I thought that was really cool. Um, I was a little concerned. Uh, I thought Henry Cavill was, was very good in um, Fallout. But I guess in this, like, Asai Morales is less of a meme, a walking meme. Like, Henry Cavill, his character in the last one was basically a meme. Like, he was doing a bunch of weird, crazy shit, but like, you know, reloading his arms in a fight and stuff, and people just like, <laughs> made fun of him. But like, Asai Morales, like, he's not a meme. He genuinely is like a frightening individual in this. And I thought that was very nice. Like, they they took him seriously. I thought that was very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Um, and even like, uh, well, not villains, but like Shea Wigham. Uh, and his partner in there. Yeah. They were also really good too. And I thought it was interesting yeah. to see their kind of like, you know, at first they were kind of antagonistic towards uh, Ethan, but like their arc as they go throughout the movie kind of changes and you kind of see like a little bit of progression respect. I thought that was played well. Um, so yeah, I thought the reoccurring joke of him grabbing people's faces and seeing about the mask on was so funny. Oh, that was hilarious, yeah. Just yeah, like, just I love that. Just, what you yeah. <laughs> So good. I thought I thought this movie was pretty like um like, I thought it was pretty like self referential to the Mission Impossible franchise, which I thought was 
kind of cool, and they did it in like some pretty funny ways, like just, like just even that joke, like making reference to how everyone's always wearing masks and like talking about how the IMF stands for Impossible Mission, like just it's just like a dumb name, and how yeah. Ethan's always going rogue. Like I just I, I thought that was pretty funny, and like it's just a good way to what? like lampshade your series. The humor came from that kind of stuff, right? Because like yeah, plot, the characters for the most part was relatively serious, which I was okay with, but like. There were little bits of humor, but yeah, they were mostly poking fun more at the franchise than anything, which I thought was yeah. good. Like, don't poke yeah. fun at Tom Cruise. He, he's, yeah. <laughs> he, he's good, but... Um, yeah. But yeah, and I think, like, for me at least, like, just everything flowed so well. There were so many great action set pieces, like the stuff in Rome with them driving the car uh, oh, yeah. back up to each other. Like, it's just stuff like that where it's just like, I think it's cool that they create these, like, setups in the plot where it's just like, oh, you've got you know, you two are handcuffed to each other, but you have to drive a car together. And it kind of drives you yeah. after moments, but also keeps things entertaining. Like, this movie just did a very good job, even though I, I unlike you, Adam, I didn't actually notice the length of this movie. Like, by the time the movie was done, I'm like, oh shit, we're out at 9.30. Like, what the fuck? Where'd the time go? But I didn't, like, it wasn't a bad thing. Like, I, I actually found the time went pretty well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I think this movie did a good job of like incorporating the humor and the action and the drama all kind of seamlessly. Uh, I don't know. It's very entertained by this. So yeah, I was I was entertained, but I too as well as that like same with Adam. I definitely felt the wrong time. I also just like did not know that it was going to be two hours and forty five minutes long. I found that out like literally five minutes before walking into the theater, and I was like, wow, I was not prepared to sit in a chair for two hours and forty five minutes. <laughs> Yeah, I think it uh, just added to the sense of the time. It's, it's just because I, I saw certain things coming, you know. It's like you saw, I just saw it's, uh, certain deaths. It's like you kind of know. I don't know. Even some of the action sequences, it's like it's like okay, like he's you know they're gonna end up here eventually. Like I think that just for me, it kind of added to the feeling of just the length of it. Um, like I don't know. Like compared to like you know Indiana Jones that just came out like. There, there was a moment in that movie, like, near the end, where I genuinely had no idea what was going to happen, like, when they're flying into that, that portal, and it's like, I, like, literally, I have, I had no idea what's going to happen, but I never, with this movie, I always kind of felt like, I kind of knew where the mo- movie was going, you know, yeah. um, and, and I think that's just kind of what, and then added with the length, it just, it felt a little long, um, but yeah, I mean, it's still a solid, like, spy thriller action movie, but just nothing that truly surprised me, yeah. This movie, too, like, I think it's also, like, you also just know, like, at the end of the day, Ethan's going to win. Like, yeah. And, and, like, I will say this, like... you know the girl's not going to die. You know, you know, you know the guy's going to get away. Yeah. But I will say this, like, even though I I knew, like, I'm not going to spoil anything, but, like, there was a point at the end where I was like, oh, what's happening with MacGuffin? And then I was like, okay, like, I, I thought that, like, something like that was well handled, where it was like... You, you know where things are probably going to end up at the end of the day, but they still kind of kept it interesting for me. Where I was like, oh, okay. But. Yeah. Okay, I think it might be time to score this. What's everyone think for a score? I'd give it a seven and a half. I think it's a, it's a solid action movie. Uh, I don't know if it's something everyone needs to rush out to the theaters to see, um, especially because it is so long, I think, you know. Unless you're a diehard fan of the franchise, I maybe wait till streaming. But um, so- solid movie, um, you know, solid fun movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think I'd probably give it um, like a seven, but I still think that's uh, maybe some people might think that's kind of low, but that's still a pretty good score for me. I would say. I mean, that is still um, a pretty respectable score, yes. Yeah, I I think like for me, like an eight is like like a really truly like like a pretty great movie, and I just think that like it was a, it was a good movie, but you know it's not quite like in that realm for me yet, but. Um, yeah, I think. Also, me, me and Adam were kind of talking about uh, comparing it to like the Fast and Furious franchise, and just saying how, like, like it seems like Fast has just been getting worse over time, whereas Mission Impossible has kind of remained like steadily like good, pretty good the entire time it's been coming out. And I just thought that was mm-hmm. interesting and also impressive as well. Yeah. Which yeah, there's like, a Cruise in itself to be at the seventh movie and still, you know. Being like good enough to justify why the franchise has been this long. Yeah. yeah Whereas Fast and Furious, it's like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, yeah. Are we still doing this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It definitely feels like with um, Fast and Furious, like, they just get more outrageous. But, like, I feel like with the Mission Impossible, they've gotten a little more character focused, a little more kind of introspective. Um, mm-hmm. It's still an action movie, don't get me wrong. But for the most part, I would say it's like. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll give this 10 out of 10. I was very entertained by this. And I didn't, I, like, the issues, like, didn't face me at all. Like, I didn't notice the way. So I, even though I saw some aspects of the plot coming, I still enjoyed myself in the minute-to-minute moment of the movie. Um, my only real complaint was that they spent all the time working up to the title card sequence. Like, the title card sequence comes, like, 20, 30 minutes into the movie, something like that. It's yeah, yeah. Cool. And then it's just, like, it was, like, super fast. It was just, like, blah, 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 and I'm like, the fuck? You build up to this shit, and then you're done in, like, five seconds? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Well, on that note, too, I also, I didn't really like how the title card sequence was almost like a mini trailer for the movie. Like, it was showing a bunch of little snippets of scenes that are, like, in the movie that we're going to see later, and it's kind of like, why are you... Why are you teasing me with this? Like, I'm, just surprise me with it when I see it later. I'm surprised you noticed that, because the thing was going at, like, five times the the, the time of... Normal. Yeah, like, I was, like, I was trying to look. I'm like, are these scenes from, like, the, they just threw out all the past movies? Or, and I'm like, no, these are, like, new things from this movie that we're watching. I'm like, oh, this... Why, why do we... No. <laughs> I'm like, I don't <laughs> I'm already watching the movie. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. I'm 10 out of 10. I, I, I don't know. I still... I Even though I really enjoy this, I still think Top Gun is better. But these are both very good movies. Like, I'm going to probably rewatch it. I want to rewatch this in IMAX, though, because the, we didn't get to see it in IMAX when we saw the press screen, which I understand why. But I want to see it in, in IMAX. So I think I might pick up some tickets to see it in IMAX sometime. Because, uh, yeah, it's out this Friday, July 12th. Okay. Um, next up is Joyride. Uh, it's a new kind of comedy movie uh, centered around uh, Asian American characters as uh, these these girls as uh, they go together on a trip to um, Asia. Uh, one of them's going for a business trip, but then they kind of use it as time to also go find. Uh, a character's uh, mother because they got separated at birth. Uh, this is a very lewd comedy. 
despite the potential synopsis telling you otherwise, this is not. <laughs> uh, this movie has a lot of sexual humor in it, which I think uh, some people will be okay with, others not so much. Uh, personally, I found it was the movie was seemingly much more geared towards telling the story of these sex pot uh, girls rather than actually telling a meaningful story with, you know, dramatic stakes. At the end, it's almost like the movie kind of became self-aware of where it was going and it just like decided to just jump with a bunch of exposition to kind of make things more dramatic. And it kind of worked, but I kind of felt like the movie was not consistent enough. Um, I think tonally they could have maybe made it more consistent, made it more kind of balanced in terms of like telling the drama with telling the laughs as well um and even the laughs like it was funny but like uh i think a lot of the humor is stuff that we've all seen before and like i think it was kind of playing off with the idea that like you wouldn't expect uh girls to be this lewd but it's like oh guess what we're surprising you they they talk as dirty as the men and i was like okay uh also, too, kind of this movie took some lazy shortcuts. Um, it's very clear that they filmed what was supposed to be a scene with two separate airports in the same airport, YPR. <laughs> like, we're leaving from Seattle, which I was like, okay, I can buy into that. And then later it's like, oh, we're, we're now in Shanghai or whatever. And I'm like, you were still in YPR. You just moved to a different gate. Like, oh my God, that's so funny. And it's like just like some little stuff like that. Like the movie just kind of felt like they were they were they were kind of cutting some corners in some areas. So, um, I'll give this a seven out of ten. It's entertaining enough. I think if you're into these kind of lewd kind of jokes and stuff like that, I think you'll find enough to be entertained by. It. But I don't know. I, personally, I think there's better movies that do this kind of humor. Um, so yeah, seven, seven out of ten. Okay, and then final review this week is for Tom Segura's new Netflix comedy special, Sledgehammer. Um, yeah, this is uh, his new comedy special, and I like Tom Segura. I think he's a funny guy. Uh, he typically uh, gets me laughing every time I watch his stuff, and this is no different. Um, I thought this uh, comedy special was great. He uh, got into some really good bits, told some funny jokes. Um, kept it brief. I mean, this is only like an hour long, like most comedy specials, but yeah, it was entertaining enough. Uh, kind of a little bit harder to review a comedy special than movies. It's like, well, either the jokes are going to work for you or not, but for me, they worked pretty well. Uh, I'll give this an 8 out of 10. That's now on Netflix. Nice. Yeah. That's it for this week. This episode. We're done so. Um, yeah. I don't know where we're reviewing next week. I think not much, because I think Mission Impossible will be out already, and we're reviewing that now, so we'll see what we're reviewing next week. It might not be much of anything, but we'll see. We'll, we'll have a show of some type next week. Cool. Well, until next time, everybody, bye for now. Hey, Spark, have you listened to the newest album by Smash Mouth? No, I haven't gotten my copy yet. Oh, man, it's the bomb. Somebody oh, I heard they were going to use this for that new movie with Mike Myers, Shrek. It's okay. I mean, it's no walking on the sun, though. Ah, a ghost. I'm the ghost of streaming. What's streaming? 
can magically play any song you want. It's pretty cool, in fact. Amazon Music offers a three-month trial for new users to check out its vast selection. Amazon? Like the website that sells books? Yes! In fact, take a look! What's this? It looks like a remote control, but from the future. It's a device that you can stream on, in fact. Why don't you go to HTTP? Colin forward slash forward slash get Amazon forward slash So you can try the service for free for one month. If you don't like it, you cannot subscribe at any time. Wow, there's a lot here. Yeah, there is. What's dubstep?